No. That's not it. Ah. There we go. They didn't ask us. Was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. And now, here are your hosts, Jay Crowder and John Mueller. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. This week is something rather special because we had three Mondays that we were going to be releasing a show. Usually we release every other Monday, but because there were five Mondays in this month, that meant that there is a third show for December. So welcome to the third show of December. We're so excited to have you back. This episode is going to be a little bit different. Uh, First off, it's going to be one topic, and that is Star Wars. So... A warning to any of you who may not be Star Wars fans, this might be the kind of episode that you might want to skip if you don't care anything about Star Wars. Or listen to anyway, because we desperately need uh, viewership. You might not have the most informed opinions, or you might not enjoy it the most. Yeah. But we would still love to have you. Still still listen. I mean, it's still going to be fun, and uh, we'll, we got some, we'll, we'll have some criticism, too. It just won't be... Uh, us fangirling over Star Wars the whole time. Absolutely (laughs) not. Absolutely not. Uh, But yes, and then also we are going to skip the news segment for this week uh, because it just didn't feel right to do anything. So we're we're going to jump straight into the content. And first up, I am now a gamer. That's what I'm talking about. I have joined the gaming side, and here I am. I got an Xbox for Christmas. And I also got Jedi Fallen Order. John, let me just say, it is a really, really fun game. That's super exciting to hear. Everything I've seen about it looks really good. It Well, it is a really fun game. The mechanics of it are really cool. Um, I've heard it compared to that of... Force Unleashed? Some people have compared it to Force Unleashed. It is not like Force Unleashed at all. It is a very different appeal how open world is it? Because uh, I know that was a question I had too. Um, it's not very open world. It is definitely a very linear game where you have a starting point and then another point that you have to get to. And so there are different planets. And then that planet. Now, to get from point A to point B is a very, like, you're all over the place. So it does, it, it kind of has the feel of an open world, um, especially the graphics. Uh, of course, I've been out of the gaming world for a long time now, but the graphics are incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, very realistic. They definitely took a lot of detail. There's a lot going on in the background. So it's not like, you know how sometimes in games, if they don't really know what else to put, they kind of will just put like fog. Yeah. Or they'll just put like, it just kind of disappears at some point. But there's like mountains beyond mountains. And then you can see like creatures flying in the distance and that kind of thing. Uh, So it definitely gives the feel of an open world. But the mechanics are very challenging. The game itself, I've already texted a few people and have said, this game is actually hard. Like, it's not something that you're just going to walk through very easily. Because that's why I wouldn't compare it to Force Unleashed. Because Force Unleashed, like... It's hack and slash. It really is. Like you can technique exactly. And with this, like there's a lot of dodging. You have to learn how to parry an attack, which is you have to block the attack at the exact moment that they're about to hit you, and then you can 
Counter. Counter, yeah. And then you, they've got a lot of really cool cut scenes where he's countering. My favorite one is he counters, or he parries, and then you flip over the stormtrooper's back and then come up behind him with your lightsaber and go through his chest. He had a bad day. Oh, man. It's really cool. It sounds, it sounds as someone who is like kind of in the gaming world, not as much as I would like to be, um, it sounds kind of like the newer Tomb Raider games. It, it, um, now, see, I haven't played that one, but I have played Uncharted, and so as far as like Uncharted goes, it definitely feels like Uncharted. Because they're not true open world games in the sense of something like Red Dead Redemption, right? where it's just this massive scale. You can really go anywhere you want to, but it is... On, on a much smaller scale, they're like you're saying, there's a point A to point B. Right. But there are various ways to get there. And I imagine it sounds like there are kind of puzzles in it. Lots of puzzles. Um, lots of times where you're just kind of like, you come to an end and you're like, all right, I got to figure this out. How do I get through this? And then also, I really enjoy that there's parts of the map that you can't get to until you learn new force abilities. And then you can come back to that map later and complete that part of the map so with the force abilities and some in like force unleashed there were combos and things like certain button orders that you had to press mm-hmm. uh, are those prevalent in uh, in this game yes um there are special combos that you can do um but as far as the force powers go each trigger will create a new force power so you start out with force uh freeze um which is a really interesting force that we've seen kind of with kylo ren where he completely froze uh ray you know in in, uh, force awakens but it's not a complete freeze it's almost like a slow motion so you do that a lot when you are trying to get from like sometimes there'll be a big propeller that's in the way or there'll be a a machine that's moving and you got to jump across it so you do that and it slows it down into slow motion and then you're able to get through Um, And then the second one, which I just picked up, is Force Push, um, which is your typical, you know, break down walls and push things across the room. But you can't do it to just everything. There's only certain... Certain things will t- will have a blue outline when you can use the Force on that. That's how it was in, in Force Unleashed as well. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, the uh, lightsaber customization is really cool. Uh, that's one thing I've really enjoyed. They uh, There's lots of skins that you can change. You can change the hilt. You can change the skin. You can change the the top where the blade spits out. And then changing that actually changes the sound of when the blade comes out. That's a really cool feature. Uh, and then there's also, you can change the colors as well. Uh, so far I've unlocked blue, green, and orange. Do they have any ties to the the canonical associations with those colors? Not, no. It's just clearly cosme- yeah. cosmetic. Yeah, it's, it's just, just cosmetic. It's just, okay. Yeah, it's not like it changes your, because that, that is a good question, because you know now we know that Different colors mean different things. Blue is skilled with a lightsaber. Green is more of a force user. Yellow is like a Jedi researcher or something like that. But yeah. And then purple is when you're Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, Mace Windu. Yeah, that's who that's for. I want to stand out, George. So can I get a purple? (laughs) It worked. It did. But uh, yeah, overall, I would rate the game really high. Uh, It's got a little bit of a tie-in to Rogue One. 
Uh, there's been some characters from Rogue One that have appeared. Really cool story. The cast of characters is neat. I recommend it. Awesome. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting it. Star at Wars. Some point. Star Wars fans will very much enjoy it. But yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my rating so far. I'll I'll keep you updated as I move along. Excellent. But it's going to be a long time. It's a long game. I believe it. Yeah. Are you going to try to 100% it, or are you just going to try to go through the campaign and then go back through afterwards? I'm going to go ahead and try to 100% it. I'm that type of person. I like to, you know, like, even if I complete the main story, I go back and I keep playing it until it's 100% done. My Arkham City game file is like that, and I've been working on that file for like three years. Yeah. (laughs) Because with no narrative plot to try to go back and do it's all like mini games and it just doesn't really hold my interest that long well it really does give you a sense of accomplishment when you finish it you get really excited you're like yeah i did that but yeah it's great and uh i'm excited to get some other games i know there's i've always loved star wars games so a part of me wants to go ahead and get battlefront 2 just to play the storyline i know the multiplayer is from what i heard it's not very good it was Really, really bad at launch. They handled it very poorly. It was very microtransaction heavy. Yeah. Very pay to win in that sense. Uh, but they they didn't just let it die. They kind of kept on with the game. So I think it's, a, it's actually supposed to be in a pretty good place right now. Mm-hmm. They just added a bunch of new trilogy content, I think. Okay, cool. Um, so they have new playable maps and heroes. I'm going to close the window. I think somebody's shooting a gun. That's what I thought when I came in, because they, well, were, they I have were just this, going. That big field is behind us. I think they're hunting back there. I don't think they're hunting. I think they're. I think someone got a gun for Christmas. Ah, that's what it is. I was like, you feel like, you know, this super, this super nice kind of swanky apartment complex, and you're like, yeah, this is the city. And then someone's just popping off bullets every three <laughs> seconds, and you're like, "Nope, this is still this is still the country." Yep, yep, this is still Tennessee, God's country. Skew. I always say that when I come back in, like when I go visit my relatives in Illinois. Oh yeah, I'm always like, "Welcome back to God's country." <laughs> but I'm always driving myself, so no one laughs. You laugh at yourself though. Yeah, it's not the same. No, it's not. But at least, at least it's not just complete silence. That's fair. <laughs> Well, yeah, so that is my review of uh, Jedi Fallen Order so far. Um, I am loving it, but I'll keep you updated. But that kind of leads into our next little segment. We were going to go ahead and review Mandalorian. The season finale came out on Friday, which at the time of this recording was yesterday. Mm -hmm. I watched it yesterday morning because I didn't work. When did did you watch it last night? I I got up and watched it this morning. Ah, you could watch it this yeah, morning. I was a good friend of mine got Call of Duty for Christmas. Oh yeah, so he and I have been power leveling basically. Oh, gotcha. Because it had double XP for a couple of days and it doesn't now. So we were just trying to put in some work. Very nice. The Mandalorian season one finale. Uh, before getting into that, I will say I saw a, a tweet. I'm not a hundred percent sure if it's accuracy. I didn't verify it um, from Favreau saying that there's a season two scheduled for next fall. Yes, they have gone ahead and said fall 2020. So, so did the did the confirmed tweet have a very odd Gamorrean guard picture in it? Because when I it saw did. it on Facebook, it kind of made me uncomfortable. It did. It had that green uh, hog looking mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, from Jabba's Palace. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It did. So I don't know if that's going to be a major character. I hope not. <laughs> in the next one, I hope, I hope they at least give him some clothes. Yeah. Between now and then. But uh, what did you think overall? 
Uh, overall, well, or just the finale? Let's just do the Actually, finale. We what? haven't done six, seven, or eight, have we? Have we? I don't believe so. Oh. Because we were going to save them for the Star Wars episode. Oh, you're right. So, chapter six is the um, the bounty hunter breakout, the guy from the prison ship. And then seven is kind of a... It, the finale is kind of a part one, part two. Yes. So, um, talking about episode six called The Prisoner. That's the one where Mando gets tricked into trying to release... Another Twi'lek. Yes. From, from the prison ship. Did you catch so that they, Mando meets um, an old associate of his at a at a spaceport in the middle of uh, space, obviously, <laughs> um, and he's talking to him and he's talking with him, and it was just killing me because I was like, I know, I know that actor from somewhere. Did you know who he was? Yeah, he was in Batman Begins. Exactly, he was Flash from Batman Begins, and I was like, okay, now that I know that, I can actually start paying attention to this yeah. episode. He looked a little different with the huge beard that he had. Yeah. On a whole, I actually really didn't like that episode. I didn't either. I didn't care too much for it. I thought it was the poorest written episode of the entire series. It was pretty slow. It was very cringy dialogue. I mean, Bill Burr was one of the uh, bounty hunters, uh-huh. and I feel like it was like a, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll throw Bill Burr a bone here, let him be in the Star Wars thing. I don't know. He could be a super fan. But he wasn't funny. But he Well, I don't think he was meant to be. But why not? That's who he is. That's what he does. It would be such a such a separation from the tone of the rest of the show, though, because the show is not necessarily intended to be com- comedic. I know. There have been funny bits, but it's kind of like a, oh, you know, that's funny because it wasn't anticipated. Yeah. So season, or season six, episode six, I genuinely hated. I didn't hate it. I still really enjoyed it. It's still, uh, we still got a lot of character development. Uh, we got to see a little bit more about Mando and how he he's he's very different. He's not the kind of bounty hunter we would normally see. Like he actually cares about people. He didn't want to kill that guard at all. You know, he was like, "Let's try to figure this out so that we can all walk away alive." I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of a redo of episode two for me when it's like you know. There's some character development, there's some mild moving the plot along, but to a larger degree, episode six exists outside of the season-long plot of Mandalorian. Yeah. It's just kind of like a a one-shot, we're going to throw this in here. It's almost like, you know, we had to fill eight episodes, we only had seven episodes of stuff. Here's that extra episode. And we're not going to put it at the beginning. Yeah. So I didn't like it at all. Yeah, I I thought the camera work was pretty cool. There were a few scenes that I really enjoyed, like when he was taking out the the guy with the third arm on his back, when he took him out. That whole scene of him going down the hallway, where the lights would flash on and flash off, and he would kind of disappear. Uh, it kind of had that um, Dark Knight Returns feel to it. Uh, do you remember that scene? Do you know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about? Where the guy's shooting at him and. It kind of looks like a comic book, panel, panel, you know. Uh, but I thought that was... Returns or Rises? Rises, that's what okay. I meant. So I was like, Dark Knight Return. Rises. Yeah, Returns is the comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dark Knight Rises. But it kind of had that look to it. I kind of enjoyed that. But overall, I didn't care for it. Yeah, it was just like cringy dialogue for me is what really took me out of the show. Um, all the bounty hunters are like, take your helmet off, take your helmet off. We've known you for years, but, you know, take your helmet off now. And you know what's this? What's this little green guy? What's his whole deal? And it's like that dialogue for like ten minutes, 
and I just I almost turned it off like I did a Christmas story. Now the the Twilight the is it called a Twilight? I think it's a Twilek. It's Twi-lek. a soft eye. Okay. The Twilek, the female. Did you recognize her? Mm-mm. That was Tonks. Really? From Harry Potter. Yeah. She's a little more purple in uh in this. Yes, she is. Slightly. <laughs> But yeah, she was in... Uh, I, I actually didn't know that. Uh, Joe actually pointed that out to me. That does not surprise me. Yeah. He was like, there's lots of characters that are uh, people that you wouldn't recognize. And, you know, that's probably going to be the case for most of the shows. Cause Absolutely. there's tons of fans. Well, and especially something like Star Wars when you can have um, all these different alien species or you can have Imperial Troopers... I was right. like, yeah, you know, they're still they're going to look the same as everyone else, but like that one's Justin Timberlake or somebody. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. No, so that'd be cool. That'd be awesome. But I also feel like he'd like take his helmet off and just like wink at the camera and put it back on, and no one would care because he's Justin Timberlake. Right. Jumping into season, I mean, oh my gosh, I'm doing it too. Right. Episode seven. Holy cow! Things speed up a little bit more. We find out, uh, or uh, Mando finds out that this guy who was wanting baby yoda from the start is basically saying i'm not gonna stop stop hunting him until i have him and then it looks like mando might actually get a little bit of help from some friends and are saying hey if you bring him to this planet we will help you and assist you in keeping the baby and go ahead and put an end to this guy that's exactly what happens he goes down to um, that planet. I can't remember the name of the planet. I, it's got a lot of lava. It's got a lava river. But um, anyway, they go down to that and uh, a very tentative alliance. I feel like because it's a lot of like, well, you double cross me, well, you double cross me first. But you know, this is in all of our best interest to to kill this guy, get him taken care of. So they go do that. They go meet with Werner Herzog, known as the client. Mm-hmm. Um, very distinctive been in hollywood for a number of years um so they meet with him they're meeting with him and the whole place just gets shot up completely and everybody's like where is this coming from are these your guys sparkly clean stormtroopers show up death troopers show up from which intimidated me to be honest with you so they're just posted up outside of this window and then what was his name moff something um moff gideon or something yep moff gideon Moff Gideon shows up, and he I don't know who he is. I don't know if he's a larger-scale um, canon character or not. But he's basically, like, the big bad when everyone thought it was Werner Herzog. Like, he's bigger and badder than him. And that's when uh, Seven cuts off. It's just, like, cliffhanger. We're going to leave you waiting for a week to come back to Episode 8. Yeah. And I, I thought Episode 7 was very well done. It was very well done. And some major things that we learned... During episode seven is Yoda has the, uh, the baby has the ability to force heal, mm-hmm. um, which is, we find out later from Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, that it's actually like he's giving a part of his life force to heal the wound. And that happens to... Carl Weathers. Yes. Happens to his character. And he is attacked when they're sitting around the fire and a bunch of, like, basically pterodactyls. That's how I thought it was, yeah. Yeah. And, uh... You want to know why you can't hear uh, pterodactyls go to the bathroom? Why? Because the pee is silent. Ah, ah, 
but also because they came out of nowhere in like the the scene was quiet that's why i thought of, I, I remembered the joke the scene was silent and then all of a sudden just these pterodactyls swoop in out of nowhere and just like killed like two people yeah the the red shirts yes. of the of the team yeah <laughs> gashed carl weather's arm real good and he was like i'm gonna die and baby yoda was like no no you're not but i like the way that that was revealed in a very natural way um and really all of his force powers have been that it was probably going to happen but it, it's all been revealed in a very appropriate way i feel like appropriate is a good word but it's also kind of just like a not not true <clears throat> lazy story writing because it is done very naturally. Yeah. But it's almost just like, a, oh, this is the one thing we need to save this situation precisely. Good thing we have this. I see what you're saying there. So they do it well, but I feel like they're getting to a point where they do it too often. So that was episode seven. Um, he he showcases his force healing ability and then he just conks out. Because whenever he uses so much force at once, he just has to force coma, I guess. Yeah. Um, so his little body can't take it. Going into into episode eight, um, I forgot his name already. Moff Gideon. Um, he sets up a sundown deadline, just like this old western. Um, he's like, you know, if you all don't come out of there by sunset, I'm gonna light you up with this gun turret, I'm giving you um, till nightfall, basically. Yeah. And so he gives them till nightfall. Uh, they uh, shockingly they don't come out. Everybody's in that shot up, I guess it was a diner at one point. I don't know. It was know. like a cantina. Yeah. So everyone's in there and they're like, all right, Moff Gideon goes, all right, we're going we're gonna to burn him out. So he sends a stormtrooper with some super cool armor, I might add. Yeah. Painted up with like red strikes or stripes on it. And it just looked really intimidating. But that could also be because he held a massive flamethrower. That thing was huge. So he shoots it in through the shot up window and everyone's like, oh no, we're going to burn alive. And uh, they don't because we already told you there's a season two. And <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so he he doesn't get him through the window. He's like, okay, I'm not getting him through the window. I'm going to walk through the door. So he walks through the door and Baby Yoda, he starts flamethrowing everything. Baby Yoda's like, hold on, I got this. So he, like, he uses his little Ninja Turtle hand. Three-fingered Ninja Turtle hand yeah. to stop it, and then shoot the guy back through the door, and he blows up, and everyone's just like, "Oh no, this is like this is not what we expected." So they escape into the sewers, where Mando is expecting the rest of his Mandalorian brethren to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had kind of forgotten about this, but from when they rescued him in the previous episode, it was almost kind of like a "what happened to them" thing. They were never addressed again. Yeah. Um, so they go through the labyrinth of tunnels to find where his his folks are and there's just a pile of armor and you find out that the imperials came down there and just massacred them all Mm -hmm. and the the blacksmith is still living because presumably she didn't go to fight she was just doing her own thing and she she tells him he's like yeah the the empire came down here and just like wiped everybody out so i'm harvest i'm harvesting all of the the metals i'm gonna do my thing with that and then I'll be on my way. They just kind of leave her vague, so I assume she'll show up somehow next season. They're like, oh, we don't have any help down here. We thought we had reinforcements. We gotta go. They go to the Lava River, but not before a little patrol of stormtroopers finds the blacksmith. 
That was that was terrifying. That was an awesome scene. It made me really wonder why stormtroopers wear armor at all. Yeah, uh, because she had her tongs for blacksmithing, so they can obviously they're pretty strong. They can stand up to the heat, and she had her blacksmithing hammer. Yep, and she just takes out. There were like she was pulverizing there were stormtrooper like armor chunks of armor flying all over the place the one that got me was she hit a guy in the helmet with the hammer and it and it just shattered the helmet yeah and presumably the dude's face <laughs> right um so i was just like i cringed a little bit not because it was bad because i was just like ah, yeah ah. I mean, there's no blood or gore. You don't see any of, like, you don't see wounds at all. Yeah, you don't they see his face getting smashed to the damage. In. And it's just like, ah. And then that one guy gets thrown into the smelting Oh, yeah, pit. he had a bad day. He, he just completely melts. It was, it was a really cool it scene. It was super intense, and it was super fast, too. Because just as soon as it started, she was cleaning up. Yeah. She was done. She was like, all right, I'm out. Deuces. <laughs> We also also want to mention right before that too. We actually get to see Mando with his helmet off. We do um, because he gets hit in the back of the head while all the uh, crossfire was going on between the stormtroopers and our uh, band of misfits. And um, I was going to call him Plucky, our plucky group of plucky heroes. Group of heroes. And uh, <laughs> he gets hit in the back of the head, and so IG. Uh, Eleven actually happened to have like a backed uh, uh, spray that he could put on the wound and it would start to heal. And then, of course, Mando's like, you can't take off my helmet. No living thing can look at my face. IG-11's like, well, dude, I'm a robot. Yeah. I'm not a living thing. And then he was like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes he sense. He still didn't look thrilled. He did he, he saved his life and he was still just like, man, whatever. Just get this done, put my helmet back on. But he takes off his helmet. Sure enough, it really is Pedro Pascal. R.I.P. Oberyn Martell. So he is actually underneath the helmet. I know that was an argument for a while. People were like, maybe he's not actually the one who's going to be under the helmet. That would have been hilarious. That would have been really funny. If it had been like George Lucas's turkey neck <laughs> under the helmet. It was a gobble gobble. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes. Um, but he is actually under there. But yeah, so going on from the uh, awesome scene with the stormtroopers. They escape down the the lava river, as you mentioned earlier. They realize there are a bunch of stormtroopers at the exit of it, and it's a very tragic scene where um, IG-11 realizes he has to sacrifice himself for the team. Yeah. And everyone's like, no, it's the one thing that can save us all, but we want you to live. And IG-11 does, you know, he, he reads the numbers, he does the programming, and he's like, nah, deuces. And he goes and just blows everybody up. He does. Um, I love the scene in that boat when Carl Weathers looks at little Yoda and is like, can you just do your your hand thing again and, and stop this all? And <laughs> just Yoda, like waves at him. Yoda just waves at him with his three <laughs> fingers. And <laughs> I love that. But it was really cool because uh, his programming was true and he was a, a nursery droid. We skipped that the... Um... The Mandalorian, when he's with the the blacksmith, he gains his crest. Oh, he does, yeah. So he gains his his symbol, and as they leave, she gives him a jetpack. Yes. So he is now full, he is fully armored. Kitted. Yep. He is kitted out. So, and that is important because they get to the end he of has... the lava river. 
The Stormtroopers are dead. IG-11 is dead. Moff Gideon shows up in his folding wing TIE fighter, which looked awesome. Pretty cool. Um, and he's just like... I mean, they're in a, a little gondola, basically, and he's in a TIE fighter. So he's he's obviously going to win, except that Mando has a jetpack now. So he jetpacks onto the ship, puts like a mine or something onto the wing. The wing blows up. TIE fighter crashes. Mm-hmm. Saves the day. Mando and Baby Yoda escape. They go... He ha- His new task is to bring Baby Yoda back to his people, which is going to be quite the task since no one thought that there were more than uh, two of them in the galaxy. Right. So that's going to be... I think that's probably going to be the main conflict of season two. It's probably. just him against the galaxy trying to find wherever that species is from. And then also running away from Moth... Uh, or Moth Gideon. I just I have a really hard time believing he survived. Like obviously, I mean he he cuts himself out of the wreckage of his Tie Fighter with the dark saber. He does, which I was super pumped for. But I mean, Tie Fighters don't have airbags. Mm-mm. You know, they're not known for their impact resistance. But as soon as it crashed and I didn't see it explode, I was like, he's not dead. Yeah, he's still alive. So uh, he's still alive. Like I said, he has the dark saber, which is super cool. Uh, but that also explains why he knew so much about like Mandalore and Mandalorian culture and all that. He knew his name. He he knew all their he names. He knew all of their names. That was actually a very important part. Um, that he knew all of them. He knew all of their backstories. So this is a very intelligent, worrying villain. Yes, a a a, a worthy opponent. I feel like and a good villain to have for this show. But that was Mandalorian. <sighs> Season one. It ends with the dark saber, and it was so good. And we know we know where everybody's going. It, it kind of ended on like everybody literally was like, "Well, I guess I'm gonna go do this now, and I guess I'm gonna go do this now." Dude. And then they're all like, Deuces. "Well, Mando, we know what you're gonna do too, because we just heard the lady earlier. She just told you what you need to do. So, see you next season." <laughs> Basically, I feel like that's the only other thing they needed to say, and it just would have wrapped everything. Turn around, look at the camera, give a big thumbs up, like, we'll be back! That was fun! It was great, though. So Mandalorian Season 1 is done. Start to finish, what are your thoughts? It started really good. I think the beginning of the season was just incredible. It had a great start to it. There, there were a couple episodes right there after the first episode that I didn't really care about. And then it went back up again. It got really good again. And then kind of like what we said, like that prison episode went back down. And then, But those last two episodes really kind of made up for the whole thing. So to me, it almost felt like they knew how to start it. And they knew exactly how they wanted to end it. And then they just needed some filler to get to that point. And I think part of it was it was the first season. They were needing to set up the characters. They were needing to set up the 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 scene, you know, and the backstory, so that we know who these people are and where they're from. And now we have a connection with them. So now going forward, you know, if one of them, if one of those three that we had at the end of this first season, if they die, like we're actually going to be upset about it because we've developed this relationship with them so overall i think it was very good it could have been better i feel like 
but I think a lot of it was just slow because it was introduction. So one to, uh, we'll just do one to ten. We'll save creative scales, I guess, for later. Yeah. So one to ten, what do you give season one? One to ten, I would give it a six and a half or seven. Okay, because I'm kind of with you. You know, definite peaks and valleys. It starts off, so the first episode is so good. Mm-hmm. And the last two episodes are right there with it. But in the middle is kind of this ebb and flow of, you know, why are we, why is this on? Why is it relevant? What's going on? Like that type of just almost not uselessness. Cause like you're saying, everything had a purpose, Yeah, but it was just kind of took away from the big picture. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably still, the, the peaks were so high that ultimately I would probably give it probably a seven and a half. Okay. Like seven and a half, eight. So like you're six and a half, seven, I'm seven and a half, eight. Okay. So, so you definitely, I mean, definitely recommend obviously. Oh Yeah. 100%. I mean, I think anybody who is a true Star Wars fan is going to love this show. But at the same time, I also think you could get into it as not an introduction to Star Wars. You wouldn't understand everything. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know a whole lot about Star Wars, it doesn't reference really anything. Not really, no. It's, it's fairly self-contained, except for like mentions to previous histories. and The one thing they still didn't address, I've thought about this on my drive up here... They still never address who the mystery boots were on Tatooine. They didn't. So I imagine that'll probably be... That That could be the first scene of season two. It could. I would not be at all surprised. Yeah. In fact, that might end up being more of the bounty hunter who's chasing after Mando, possibly. I don't know. We shall see. We'll have do to you, wait. Do you have any theories on what, do you, on what you think will happen next season? I think they will introduce a uh, known character. Okay. Eventually. That's when they'll... I think they I ha- they have to at some point. I really think that other various Star Wars media have. Mm-hmm. They introduce their characters and then they bring in someone that you already have an attachment to. Mm-hmm. So it'll probably be a minor character. Probably not someone who's like really big in... It's just not like... doesn't carry a lot of weight, so to speak. Sure. But someone who is known, that's going to be my season two prediction. Okay. I honestly don't have any season two predictions because I honestly, everything about this series so far has been shocking and I I didn't know that that's what was going to happen, which is actually a really pleasant surprise. Yeah. I like to not know what's going to happen, but we'll, we'll find out when we get there. We'll find out in fall. That's really exciting to me because a lot of, like, Game of Thrones at the end was really bad about that. It was like, well, you know, this season's over. Come back in two years. And it's (laughs) like, I'm going to completely not care about this in two years. Yeah. Which was wrong. I still really cared about it. But it was so long between seasons. Yeah. So it's really refreshing that, you know, this season ends right after Christmas 2019. And they're like, fall 2020, we are back at it. Yeah. So that's really refreshing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope we'll do maybe a longer season. So I referenced how Mandalorian, it ends with Moff Gideon carving himself out of um, his TIE fighter with the Darksaber. Um, my introduction to the Darksaber was through Clone Wars. Yes. Where Maul acquires it and uses it to rule Mandalore or whatever it is that he does. Yeah, we get um, a little bit of a history of the Black Saber mm-hmm. at that time. Don't we? I think so. Okay. But then it plays a much more significant role, in my opinion, um, in Rebels. So I, w- with... 
Disney Plus. I got, I started watching Rebels because I had heard so many good things about it as a show. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I really want to, really want to watch this. Um, it's so good. It is. I've, I've already watched it all the way through uh, while it was still on Disney XD, but I've been rewatching it with Antonio. It, it is really good. It's hard to turn off. Like it's one of those when the ep- the, when the next episode starts queuing up, I'm like, yeah, okay, we can watch another one. <laughs> Especially because like something Clone Wars did really well was they had a lot of I would I would deem high quality two part episodes. Yes. So it would be you know part one part two, and watching them back to back is really the best way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Justice League. The cartoon show from when we were kids was really good about that. Yes, I agree. Just high quality multi episode plots. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm th- I'm through season three. I started the final season. And now remind me, season four is Maul still no involved? No. Okay. So season one it introduces introduces you to all of these new characters. Um, you kind of gain your attachments for them. I'll be honest, I hate Chopper. He's so annoying. He is very annoying. Especially like season one, season two. He's so annoying. Yeah. The the main villain, in my opinion, of season one is the Grand Inquisitor. Yes. You are introduced to the Grand Inquisitor. He hunts Jedis. You're introduced to the crew of the Ghost, mm-hmm. which is Hera, Kanan, Zeb, Sabine, Chopper. And then they just kind of, I guess frustratingly to them at the time, adopt Ezra. Yeah, he, he, they get stuck with him. So then it, you know, you hear over the development of the season that they become rebels. They aren't really at the time. At the time, they're just kind of pirates. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, the, the smugglers, the kind, of, kind of Robin Hood esque, steal from the rich to benefit the poor. Yeah, um, and then as the season goes on, you kind of notice that they're becoming a bigger deal. They have an informant known as Fulcrum, mm-hmm. who's there in. And um, it gets to the later part of the season, and it's revealed that Fulcrum is Ahsoka. Yes. Which, I'll be honest, was ruined for me. Ah. Because I play this phone game, and there's an Ahsoka Tano, and then in parentheses, that Fulcrum. Ah. As the, as the character. So oh, I was yeah, like, so this that kind of ruined it for you. This is tremendously unfortunate oh, for no. season one. I knew she was still in the picture. Yeah. Um, so, Kanan is a ashamed at the time former jedi mm-hmm. he you know he's not in a great mental state mm-hmm. ezra is force sensitive so he kind of reluctantly decides to train him and they have the same type of like it was a very similar type of re- interaction that obi-wan and anakin had in my opinion with the hot-headed brash padawan but who the, the difference with ezra in addition to him to my knowledge at least not turning to the dark side and ruining all of the galaxy um, he desperately wants to learn. He does He's not headstrong. He wants to. He wants to do it his way, but he wants to do it. He wants to do the right thing mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so going into season two, they do more training. At the end of season one, Kanan kills the Grand Inquisitor, and I was like, "Oh no!" Kind the Grand... of. He like throws him into a exploding reactor. He actually let go. I only know this because I watched that episode like maybe four days ago. Okay. And so he actually, the Grand Inquisitor is like, there are some things that are worse than death. And then he lets go and falls into that pit. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So he's replaced as as the villain of season two by 
two Inquisitors. Oh and man! Everyone's like they they kind of they kind of talk about the origin of the Inquisitors. Not really a whole lot. They're just kind of like, here are these villains. If you want to know more about the Inquisitors, read the Darth Vader comics. Okay. Uh, that explains the Inquisitor business a whole lot better. Um, and you actually get the origin of the Grand Inquisitor from Season 1. Excellent. Um, that's actually a really good comic series uh, written by Marvel. Uh, now there's two. There's an older one that's no longer canon um, that actually has some really crazy stuff that happens in it. And then there's a newer one um, that actually just ended, I believe, like nine months ago. Um, that sounds right. But it's really good. Uh, and I highly recommend it. Sorry, go on. So they have um, two new Inquisitors, but also villains of Season 2 are Grand Moff Tarkin mm-hmm. from A New Hope and Darth Vader himself. So they've introduced, they introduced Ahsoka in Season 1 and then they introduced these original trilogy characters in Season 2 to kind of tie into the greater universe as a whole, which as someone who really only knows the super popular media of Star Wars, I never delved into extended universe or any of the books or anything like that. I really appreciated it because it kind of helped me understand the scale mm-hmm. of like, oh, these people, they're bringing in Tarkin. This is a big deal. Right. Or, you know, they're sending Vader after these people. That's a big deal. So they end... Season, I think it's season two, they bring Maul in. Mm-hmm. Um, Ezra's battling the dark side mentally, and he loses, and he wins, and he loses, and he wins. He's very back and forth. So they fight. So Kanan, Ezra, and Ahsoka are at some outer rim planet trying to find a Sith temple for whatever reason. They find the temple... But there are already two Inquisitors there, and they don't really, they don't think about that part of it too much. Kanan and Ahsoka don't. They're just like, oh, there are Inquisitors here. They found us. Well, they were here before you got here, (laughs) so they weren't waiting for you. Mm -hmm. They were for someone else. Right. And there was this, like, limpy old man also trying to walk into the temple, and he's just doing his best, but not doing great. And then they get to the temple... And you find out it's Darth Maul, which I thought was super cool. So they, Darth Maul's there. He, like, almost not forces Ezra to be his Padawan, but he definitely encourages him down the road to the dark side. He does. Maul is one of those characters that was a fan favorite, but was not used, was not used as much as he should have been. In, he, he was in a, the films or just in general? Yes. All the above. Because I feel like his arc in Clone Wars was pretty solid. Well, okay, so so now his character has been used a lot more than... But what originally happened was when he got cut in half. That was it. And he fell down the hole. Deuces. Like, everybody was like, are you kidding me? Like, this was one of the coolest characters we've seen in a long time, and you're going to go ahead and kill him off? And so it really, it was kind of the encouragement of the fans that brought Maul back. And so now... Especially in the animated series, he um, has kind of made a comeback. Of course, he was briefly introduced in Solo, uh, but of course, that whole story has kind of been put on the back burner for now, so we may not see that again. So, there's a big fight at the Sith Temple between Darth Maul, Kanan, Ahsoka, and Ezra versus the two Inquisitors. 
And they're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting, and then Darth Vader shows up. Which is a big deal, one, because he's Darth Vader and he's just intimidating. And two, because he, as Anakin Skywalker, was Ahsoka's master. Mm -hmm. Do they kill both of the Inquisitors or just the one? They only kill one. And one helicopter's away. Yeah. I thought Darth Maul, like, lightsaber threw at it. I don't think so. I think one got away. Okay. If I remember right. I clearly don't, so I, I don't know. Um, regardless, it sets up the, the big bad uh, lightsaber fight with Darth Vader and Ahsoka, which does not disappoint. No. That has That is probably my favorite scene of three seasons of this show. It's pretty it's incredible. The showdown between past and present, and just the the places that they've been, the battles they fought together, and the just the separation they have now. And Invader's helmet gets split. At one point, you can see Anakin's eye peering through the mask, and he even you know he calls out Ahsoka's name. Cool moment, because it was it was that showdown between the two of them. So the the showdown ends. The Sith Temple collapses, apparently. Kanan and Ezra escape. Kanan was blinded in the fight, which is another thing that was spoiled for me by that dumb game. Because the Kanan model in the game has the mask on. Oh, yeah. So I was like, well, something's going to happen to this guy. (laughs) Um, So they escape, and as far as they know, Darth Vader and Ahsoka do not. Right. As far as they're aware at the time. Mm -hmm. So... They go back to their allies, who by this time is a, I would say, a pretty substantial fleet. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just like, you know, we, we found out the thing, but Ahsoka didn't make it. And it was this also emotionally charged scene because it's like all of these characters have this attachment to her as well. And they don't know that she's not dead yet. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not dead. Uh, I said yet. I don't know if she dies yet at all. Um, so, uh, season three... So Darth Vader is now no longer the the season villain. The Inquisitors are not the season villain. They introduce Grand Admiral Thrawn. The blue guy the, with the red eyes. Yes. And he's just this intellectual strategist who also can like fight off assassin droids. They show that um well trained. He's yes. He's just he's they they what they try to do is they try to introduce bigger Batter villains every season to show like okay you know the good guys are getting stronger but the bad guys still have stronger people too mm-hmm. and Thrawn I feel like is a great great villain mm-hmm. um, he was formerly extended universe I believe yeah Star Wars Legends so he was introduced he was post Return of the Jedi wasn't he he was and he was actually a character that was written in to George Lucas. Um, just kind of as like a, a fan fiction type of thing. And George Lucas was like, this character is really cool. And so he went ahead and gave that guy permission and said, you can go ahead and write a story on Thrawn if you want to. And so that's what he did. But then, of course, once Disney bought out Star Wars, that was no longer canon. Uh, however, since then, Disney has talked to that same creator and has said, hey... Was that Zahn? Timothy Zahn? Yeah. Okay. And so same guy. And so they were like, hey, your character that you created was really cool. Um, And we would still like to use him. But now that we've kind of changed 
the story and that we actually now know that it continues, could you rewrite this character? And so he was like, yeah, I can do that. So he rewrote, he altered it slightly. Um, a lot of it is still true. Um, and actually, you can go back and read those books and it kind of, not a whole lot of it has changed. Um, but he kind of rewrote that character so that now it fits into the, the canon universe. But he's very cunning. He's very, he kind of reminds me of like Sherlock Holmes in a way. In a way. He's very observant. You know, and, and knows every little detail about stuff. He researches things. He keeps uh, tokens of, like, battles that he's had and victories that he's won. But I, uh, So what, do you, what are your thoughts on the show so far? Um, it's great. It's really weird because it's... Ra- I think it's rated Y7. Yeah, TV it's, Y7. It's, so it's... Techn- like, the content in it is, from a critical standpoint, is acceptable for children. Mm-hmm. But it's a very mature show. Not in terms of like, you know, there's blood and there's swearing, but it's just, it's a lot more grown up. It is. Than a lot of Y7 shows typically are. It teaches a lot of heavy lessons. Uh, Like there's a lot of, especially in season one, there's a lot of lessons that are taught. Yeah. That you're like, wow, that's really deep. It doesn't shy away from hard lessons either. No. By saying like, you know, sometimes to do the right thing, bad things will happen to you. Mm-hmm. You still need to do the right thing, but sometimes there are consequences. Which, I mean, isn't that the reason for fairy tales anyway? Yeah, to to teach lessons. Right. So, it's just that same idea. You know, these are space wizards. So, <laughs> it's still I, it's fantasy. I love, I love this show. I will probably... So, I'm one episode into season four. Where I am right now, Sabine has the Darksaber. Okay. She acquired it from Maul, um, tried to give it to literally anyone else, and they're all just like, no, you got this. So that being said, it's very interesting to think, how so did, how, how did, did Gideon it get leave, it? How did it leave Sabine and get to Gideon? Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I'm wondering if that's going to be addressed so far in Season 4, or if it's going to be a post-Rebels type of explained in Season 2 of The Mandalorian type of plot device. And maybe we'll start to see some of these cartoon characters be introduced in live action. I would like to see that. I think I would love to really see that. Really cool. So we'll see what happens. Where would you rate Rebels so far on a scale of 1 to 10? 1 to 10. I would probably give it at minimum an 8.5. Okay. And that's only because there are some exceptionally slow episodes. Yeah. As there are really in any show. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're very balanced with, like you said, you just want to watch the next one. Yeah. And then you want to watch the next one. And then you want to watch the next one. So that in itself, I feel like, is a review. Right. Of just saying, it's so good, I don't want to stop watching. Yeah. And I've, I've kind of had to pace myself knowing there are only four seasons. Mm-hmm. But I am probably going to finish this next season by the end of next week because each season is pretty short isn't it i don't know i mean i can look but i'm pretty sure each season is like not any more than like 15 episodes oh then it might not even take me three days so (laughs) (laughs) to be honest with you i watch probably like two or three at a time yeah got your disney plus app you pulled up and ready to go nope i didn't mean to start an episode there are 15 Okay, there you there go. There are 15 episodes. I have 14 left. Yeah, okay. I'm probably going to blow through them pretty quickly. Very nice. So we've talked about 
Fallen Order. Fallen Order. Mandalorian. Rebels. Now, into the real good stuff. Here we go, guys. Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. This is it. This is the review. I think at this point, we should just go spoilers. I mean, we've been spoiling everything as we go anyway. We have, and the only reason I say that is this is the last part of this episode. So, honestly, if you haven't seen it, go ahead and pause the episode right now, and then you can go watch it and then come back and watch the rest of it, because I really don't want to spoil anything for you if you haven't seen it. Now, if you don't care, buckle up, because... There's a lot of stuff that's about to come at you. I'm going to count to three to give you time to turn it off. One, two, three. Another joke, but I've already put one joke in this episode. I don't Please, no more dad joke. jokes. Um, so Rise of Skywalker. How does it... It starts she's training with Leia, doesn't it? She is. It. No. no. The movie? Yeah. Oh, no. The movie, like, jumps straight into... The... Falcon tries to... He gets the information. Right? Or am I not... No, it's Mustafar. It's Mustafar. Yeah. That's where it is. Which was in the trailer. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a trailer scene right at the beginning. I thought it was later. So we start out... We start first thing... So yes, he go. he's on Mustafar. And he's killing everybody because this is a cult that believes... It's like a, a Darth Vader. Vader based cult. Okay. Which I didn't know about until I read a different article about the visual dictionary of the Rise of Skywalker. Right. Explained, because they don't even mention what planet it is. No. Because he's just on this planet. I mean, and, it kind of looks like Mustafar. But the, vis- the visual dictionary says Mustafar, it, they explain the cult, and then he's just killing them all, which doesn't make sense because he should be like. The, the chief cultist of a Darth Vader cult, because that's kind of his whole shtick. You would think so, um, but that is not the case. That's not the case. He's like, no, it's only me. I'm the only one who can love Darth Vader. Um, He's my granddad, <laughs> not yours. <laughs> yeah, but man, is he going nuts on those guys. I mean, he is, kill- he is killing everybody. I guess it just kind of goes to show that he really has been completely consumed by the dark side. Now, they don't really say how much time has passed between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker, but it kind of felt like maybe a year and a half to two years. They don't really reference a whole lot about anything from The Last Jedi. They do not. Which, to me, is excellent. (laughs) Because I thought that movie was a steaming pile of hot garbage. Well, it was it was something else. And it is very interesting that uh, he does that. And then, of course, immediately he what he was looking for was like a Sith, basically like a Sith holocron. And it gives him directions to some off, you know... Off the grid planet, yeah. basically. And so he goes there and sure enough, down in this deep, dark pit is none other than Emperor Palpatine. And... What's left of him, somehow. uh, Yeah. Um, They don't explain that either. Uh, But we can assume that he's just a crazy Sith Lord, and he's able to do that. But he... Of course, he gets down into the hole, and the first thing we hear is we hear several different voices. We hear 
Emperor Palpatine, but then we also hear Snoke, but then we also hear Darth Vader. And the voices are all saying every voice that you've, or I have been every voice that you've heard inside of your head. And that's all being said and all these different voices. There's a big vat of Snoke's, Snoke clones inside. And of course, uh, Emperor Palpatine. He's basically made him a promise and he's like, you do what it is that I want you to do and you will rule the, the final order. Ah, <laughs> uh, my evil plan has come together. Oh boy. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's where I had to stop because <laughs> I kind. I'm going to be honest with you. I rolled my eyes when he was like, when he croaked out the final order. Yes, and then next thing you know, <laughs> a thousand star destroyers comes out of the ground. It's not an exaggeration either. There literally are a thousand star destroyers. Yes. They they come bursting out of the ground. Don't know how they got under the ground or why they were under the ground or how long they had been under the ground. But that's where they come from and I just kind of rolled my eyes a little bit when that happened, and I was just like, oh boy. (laughs) I was like, here we go. They really have just completely rewritten the very nice. John has just put on his shades because the sun is shining through the window right onto his face. There was a cloud there before, and the cloud has uh, moved, obviously. They said it was supposed to storm today, but clearly that is not going to happen. Oh, the cloud's moving back. It's moving back. Take my sunglasses off. <laughs> this has been more entertaining than the first part of that movie. You're not wrong. Oh my gosh. What what did you think about that? I, I gotta get your thoughts on it. I mean, it wasn't great. Yeah. I was kind of disappointed that he that Palpatine was still alive, I'll be honest with you. I was too. Just because I was like, that was like the one thing Darth Vader did that we were all on board with. I was like, yeah, he threw this guy through like an endless reactor that no one knows where it ends. Yeah. And they never really address how he survived, which is probably the easiest way to do that. Is just say like, he's a Sith Lord, I guess. He does his own thing. (sighs) Uh, Um, Now, he did say at one point, uh, because later on, you know, know, Ray ends up facing him. And he kind of, you know, does what he does and gives a little bit of a monologue because... That's what you do when you're a villain. That's what you do when you're Palpatine. That's fair. Uh, Anyway, he says that he has... Because she says something like, I'm... I don't know exactly what happens, but... Skipping ahead. Well, well, hold on. So he's like, I'm going to kill you or I've died before, you know. Like he said, he's died before. So I don't know if that meant like... He's body jumped before? I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't understand. So anyway, moving past the kind of cringe beginning <laughs> of this movie. The next scene is the Falcon acquiring information. Falcon acquiring Excellent. information. Excellent. All right. Yes. One for one for three there for you this go. guy. <laughs> I know. Well, the the beginning gives you such a huge reveal that you're just kinda like for the rest of the movie you're like, now wait a minute, what? Yeah. Wait, he's still... But how? (laughs) So yeah, the next is the Falcon getting the information and the guy's like, how do we repay you for this? When? 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 
win the war. Oh, okay. You know, no pressure. I'd rather, here's a dollar. <laughs> I'd rather pay for this than have to win. Right. So, um, uh, I don't even know. What information were they even getting? I don't even remember. I don't know. See, there, this that, that's one thing that I, I enjoyed the movie being fast-paced, but there was so much that happened in the movie that, like... When we walked out of there, I I looked at Sarah and I said, I'm going to have to go see this movie like five times before I actually understood what happened. Because so much happened. I mean, I feel like they did that because they, to to such a large degree, disregarded The Last Jedi. They did. They basically act like that movie doesn't exist in a lot of ways of this movie. That's actually... Okay, so when I... When I got home, I sat down because it was fresh on my mind, and I started going through, I started replaying the movie in my head, and I put a list of things that I hate and a list of things that I enjoyed. And one of the things that I put down that I hate was that they just totally disregarded everything that happened in The Last Jedi. See, that would have been on my good list. Well, see, I, so I guess going back, I was one of those that didn't hate the movie completely. Like, I I enjoyed it. I thought for what it was, it was good. But now that I've seen The Rise of Skywalker, that movie is actually much lower for me now on the ranking because The The Rise of Skywalker just disregarded so much of what happened in The Last Jedi. And so, really, when you look at The Force Awakens and then you look at The Rise of Skywalker and then you look at The Last Jedi... Like, Ryan Johnson, he, when you look at these two movies and then you look at that one that he made, he really was just trying to do something completely different. I really think that what he did, now that I've seen that, I think that he went on to, like, Reddit or Tumblr or or, or Twitter or whatever, and everybody that posted their fan theories... I think he went through all those theories and was like, well, that one's been posted, so we're not going to do that in the movie. Well, (laughs) that one's been posted, so we're not going to do that one in the movie. And then went through and tried to find out what is it that nobody is expecting. Okay, that's what we're going to do. And so now looking at it from that point of view, I really don't like that movie anymore. The Last Jedi. Which kind of irritates me. Just as a a critic, I guess. Because I I enjoyed the, The Last Jedi. So that was kind of my my thought on the whole movie, um, just disregarding everything that had happened. But sorry, I kind of I went I spiraled off. <laughs> <laughs> Usually it's me. I feel like that does that. So that's all right. Pull me back. All right. So the third scene of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is finally the one where Ray's training with Leia, right? right? Yeah. Finally, I get it right. That was really unexpected for me. Really. Just because... Well, you knew somebody had to train her. Well, I figured she'd be trying to train herself. Oh, okay. So because, you thought, like, her reading the books? Mm-hmm. Went, okay. I didn't figure Leia would be the one training her because I don't feel like they ever really go into the fact that, yeah, Leia's Force-sensitive, but they don't ever explain that Luke tried to train her. No, they didn't, but you can just kind of assume that some kind of training occurred because she was able to pull herself back onto the ship by using the Force. I know. You're rolling your eyes. That's not how how the Force works. No, I'm not saying that's not how the Force works. I'm saying 
that was already a bad movie, but that was the worst scene in a bad movie. It could have been done a lot better. The When that scene just started, I was just like, this is a terrible, 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 terrible scene. Well, and then when you do think about it like that, if she had been trained in the Force, then wouldn't she have been able to sense that the r- missiles were about to hit the bridge of the ship? Welcome to plot holes. Yeah, welcome to Ryan Johnson in The Last Jedi. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so they're training, and then they're like, oh, you know, the Falcon's back. We got this information, but we have to go to this other place. That's what the information was. They had to go to that um, that place that Poe's old friends were, or oh, yeah. former acquaintances, I guess. Like a, is a, it was a kind of snowy planet. Babu Frick, breakout star of... Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> um, now that was the planet where John Williams was. No, it wasn't. That was, was it not? No. That was... They go to that desert planet where they get the dagger. Oh, that was... That was the information. I don't remember this movie at all. <laughs> it's only been a week. But that's what I'm saying. So much happens in it. You have to go back and watch it like five times before you're going to realize what actually happened. So they go to this desert planet. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's maybe, a we should, maybe we should just not try to recap. recap. And I'm just, fine with that. And just talk about the things that we yeah. liked and the things that we didn't like. I'm fine with that. We should probably do that because honestly... I'm struggling. <laughs> It's fine. Hey, this movie was just—it oh. was boom, 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 boom. There was never a point. It was almost like a montage, but like <laughs> faster. There was never a point where it just like Took slowed a down. Yeah. It was just like run, sprinting the whole time. So, Skip, <sighs> skipping the synopsis, man. Golly, Ooh, let's just all take oh, a breather man. for a second. Alright, so here's what I'm going to do. I've got a list of stuff that I hated, Mm -hmm. and I've got some stuff that I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start with the stuff that I hate. Okay. The stuff, why didn't they ask us? Okay. First thing, this actually, when I got home, this was the first thing I wrote down, because this is the thing that bothered me the most. And I don't, I'm wondering if you caught this. Either Harrison Ford's hand is absolutely giant... Or Adam Driver has the smallest head in the universe. Did you notice that at all? No. It stood out to me so much. So there's a scene, for those who may not have seen it, there's a scene where Adam Driver, uh, Kylo Ren, has decided that he needs to go back to the light. And he knows that he needs to do it, but he doesn't know if he has the strength to. And so he's standing in the middle of all this wreckage of the Death Star... And he turns around, and Harrison Ford's there, who is Han Solo, who is his dad. Who is famously dead. Who is famously dead. This is a memory. Okay, my first thought was, holy crap, is he a Force ghost? <laughs> that would have been awesome. I was like, that's awesome. But it, he, it's his memory. And he, so he's talking to his dad, um, which I was shocked that Harrison Ford came back for this cameo. But that's probably why he came back, was because it was a cameo, and not like... A full-on role yeah you know uh but he's like i don't know if i have the strength to do what i need to do it's the same dialogue and he puts his hand on adam driver's face kylo ren's face you know just like as a loving father would and his hand 
was the biggest hand I've ever seen. It took up, like, he could have taken both his hands and crushed Adam Driver's head. R.I.P. Oprah and Martell. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was crazy. And I was just like, I don't know what's going on here. Um, At the same time, though, if it's it, it was the exact same dialogue, right? 100, yeah. 100%. It was a little chain. It was a little different. Because my thought was, because I recognized how similar the lines were. You think they just... But if they're the same dialogue, could they not have just used the same footage? Well, they could have, yeah. I mean, I guess it could have been So like it could have been deleted. Harrison Ford's digital hand. It could have been. And the digital could have messed with it. It could have been a Superman mustache situation. <laughs> yes, it could have been. Yeah. But that was the first thing when I was going through my list of things that I didn't like. That really stood out to me. Okay, I didn't like the horses on the ship. No, that's because that's stupid. That was dumb. I was like, they could just turn the ship and they would all fall off. Yeah, I thought that was dumb when they released it in the trailer. Yeah. As, uh, I think I uh, said it when you said that, but I was like, you brought a horse to a spaceship fight. Yeah. Okay, the next thing, the Emperor being moved by a crane. Well, it's because he had to be. That's how he was kept alive. I know, but still, it was... It was just... Oh my gosh. Well, you don't have to do that. Oh, I don't want... I kind of enjoy the, the sunglass feel. It makes me feel cooler than I really am. Okay, well, I'll leave it then. <laughs> I was going to close the blinds for John, but... No, I like wearing my... <coughs> I like wearing my shades inside, because that's what the cool people do, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, the cool people wear their sunglasses at night. Ah, that's what I've been told. While they're driving. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Well, he's being moved on this crane, and I was just... It kind of... it Immediately, I started thinking, don't eat the cake from portal mm-hmm. yeah because that's exactly what it looked like glad like the crane from yeah glados it did uh so in that same scene where ray is finally up against uh emperor palpatine now you look like a pilot yep that's me uh ray is finally up against emperor palpatine and all these strange creatures are all over it's almost like a stadium like a big show is about to perform I had thought that was just like remnants of Sith past. Oh, is that what that was? Because I thought my under my my poor thought process behind it was they're on like this Sith dungeon, basically. Uh huh. On this planet that doesn't exist, right? According to maps, so it's like a Sith homeworld or whatever. So naturally, that that would be like where their Force ghosts would congregate. So there was like a like stadium seating. It was like the like the Coliseum, basically. Yeah. But I don't know that I think any of those people actually existed. Okay. Well, anyway, all these Sith people are there in the Coliseum. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that the Sith spoke parcel tongue. Because <laughs> they are. They're all like, hi, shy, shy, You know, and I'm like, oh, gosh. Voldemort really was a space wizard after all. The crossover everyone wants. Yeah. I did like that they brought Lando back. I was glad to see him back. I wish that they had used him a little bit more. I thought he was just brought back very conveniently. Yeah, and to me it was, it really, that part especially was just kind of like, oh hey. I was glad he was back. Remember this character? Yeah. That we didn't show? Well here he is. You know, hope you're happy. But they had also released him in the trailer, so it wasn't a matter of, is he coming back? It was a, how is he coming back? Yeah. 
So everyone knew he was coming back. But I like you're saying, I was like, I wish this had been done better, but nonetheless, I'm glad he's here. Yeah, me too. Uh, this last thing that I just was really upset about was there's that whole scene with, and I liked the character, um, and I can't, man, I wish I had written down her name, but the new character that we meet that was on the the moon with the downed... Oh, I know who you're talking about. Give me a second, I'll look it up. The one that was also a... Um, freedom fighter, I think she... No, the, the defected she, stormtrooper. Yeah, she was a deserter. But I, I liked her character a lot. And I thought she was a really good addition to the to the team. But I didn't like that Finn... Like, did Finn really think that he was the only deserter? Like, he gets so excited about the fact that this that there's this girl here that was also... He's like, wait, you were also a stormtrooper? And she's like, yeah. And you're like, dude, did you really think that you were the only one? Did you really think that you were the only deserter? Because you know there had to have been other stormtroopers that were... I don't know if it's necessarily so. Did he did he say he thought he was the only one? Well, he didn't say that, but he just got really excited about it. Like, wait, you it, were a stormtrooper too? Like, I thought I was the only deserter. Because I don't know if it's not expressly said, then I feel like it might be more of a I was afraid I was the only one. Oh, that type of situation. And he's like, I'm glad there are more people like me. Okay. In that in that sense, like you know, she says. They told us to fire on these civilians, and we were like, no, we're not about that life, and we all walked out. I feel like there are a lot more stories like that. Like, if they were to delve into, like, resistance people, yeah. they, there would be a lot of recruiting. They just have to, they'd have to find them, because, like, these people were, like, abandoned on a moon of Endor. Yeah. So it's not like they were really shaping up to do some damage in the war or anything. They were just kind of scrounging around, living their, living their lives. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's so much he thought he was the only one as much as it was he was excited to find someone else. Gotcha. But it would be, if it had been said, like, I thought I was the only one, which would be a very Abrams line, I feel like. Like, it would be very in character for that line to have been said. Mm -hmm. In which case, I would 100% agree with you. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Like, wake up. Do you really think you're the only one? Yeah. That was me being picky about everything. The only other thing is, you know, Abrams did a good job uh, connecting the stories, you know, as a whole. Uh, but it was a lot of course correction. Um, and, and that was frustrating. But, you know, what we got, I feel like, was a really, really good ending. Yeah, It's hard to do an so. ending, you know, especially to something this big. I mean, this is nine movies. 42 years. And you're having to sum everything up into one movie. Like, that's really hard to do. And that's especially hard to do with you're Re- given this... Rebounding a movie that no one... Not no one, but, like, the most divisive movie. Right. You have to try to rebound from that and then still end. Yeah, you want to make the fans happy. You you want to try to make the critics happy. But honestly, I think Abrams was like, nope, fans right now are the ones that need to be happy. You know, who cares if critically, if this is just a complete failure, as long as the fans are happy, then I feel like it's a success. And that's really, that's what Star Wars is. I mean, Star Wars is the fans. 
I mean, yeah, you want to try to be different and you want to try to do something that nobody's thought of. But at the same time, Star Wars has always been kind of predictable. Everybody tries to compare everything to Empire Strikes Back. You know, Empire Strikes Back just kind of threw everything on its head. You know, you're like, Mm. oh, wait, the villain was the dad the whole time? Yeah. You know, like that's a huge shock for everybody. You can't really top that. It's kind of hard to do that. And so going forward, everything's kind of predictable. Yeah. Speaking of predictable, I don't know if this is just because I've been watching so much Rebels, but the the General Hux thing I thought was really predictable. It was. They, there was a, it's announced somewhere that they there was a mole inside of the First Order who was helping out the Resistance in some way, shape, or form. Everyone was expecting it to be, um, what was a... <laughs> What was Adam Driver's guy from uh, Undercover Boss? You remember that oh, SNL yeah. sketch a couple of years yeah. ago? Like the radio Dave, the radio technician. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but everyone was like, "Oh, I don't know who it could be," and it turns out that it's it's General Hux. And I just feel like that was just very underwhelming. It was a little too predictable. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, kind of hoping it was going to be the traitor that we get from the last jedi the stuttering guy who knew all the codes i was kind of hoping it was going to be that guy nope to redeem himself but nope, apparently he he's, did he's no gone. one cares he's gone apparently he's a he's a last jedi exclusive character no one cares about him no especially after what he did like you're like dude come on uh speaking of stuff that i'm glad they changed from the last jedi the whole thing with rose um now I hate to say that I didn't like that character. I didn't like that character. I didn't like that character at all. I thought that she was kind of just a, hey, here's this other person. I will say, I think, what's the the actress? Kelly Marie Tran? Yeah. I will say, I think she did the best with what she was given. Yeah. So it's not a mark on saying she's a bad actress. I don't think she is. I think that her character was written poorly. It was, and... And they did. They they rebounded from that not by writing her better, but from not writing her at all. They did not. She was there. If she, she were a senator, she would have voted present. <laughs> and she, uh, they really needed to give her more stuff to do. I feel like um, because, you know, I mean, she's a good actress, but her character was just very poorly written from the beginning. And so I'm really glad that they didn't continue like that weird love thing that was going on between her and Finn that was very one-sided um that kind of stuff like I'm glad that they changed that but that was actually another positive that I had written down was that uh they changed that I really did like Leia training Ray. I thought that that was appropriate and very cool I really enjoyed that Smoke was a puppet Smoke not Smoke Snoke Snoke was Smoke and Mirrors. He was. Uh, Snoke and Mirrors. He was Snoke and Mirrors. Yeah, I did like that, which I had kind of figured that from the beginning, that he was a puppet, you know? Well, not actually being controlled by the Emperor, but I thought that he was kind of like a... figurehead. A figurehead, yeah. And there was actually somebody else Pulling his strings. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that's the case, because when he was so unceremoniously killed in Last Jedi... It's not that I didn't want that to happen. It's that I still had so many unanswered questions. Right. That it was so unsatisfying. But we get to, we do get some answers though. That I thought we I thought we got good answers. We did. 
now, there's still a lot of unanswered questions, and I actually have those written down as well. Oh, is Finn a Jedi? No. I think he is Force-sensitive. Just because you're Force-sensitive doesn't necessarily make you a Jedi. Do you think he'll become a Jedi? No, because I don't know how much they're going to be willing to do after Nine. Well, they might continue it with, like, comics. You can do anything in comics, though. Yeah. So do you think they'll maybe make him a Jedi? (laughs) I don't, because I don't think Rey would necessarily want to train him. Mm. And, I mean, obviously, at this point, no one else is around, so... Oh, her name was Janna, the girl from... That was... uh, The other defector. The other defector, yeah. Yeah, I my biggest complaint with this movie, so it ends with, first of all, I understand that Rey and Kylo had force visions of each other and they could see each other very well, mm-hmm. but I don't understand how their force visions entailed, like, physical contact. Like, they had a lightsaber fight and they were planets away from each other, and that kind of bothered me. They were planets away? I mean, they weren't close. I think she was just on the ship and he was well, on the I thought they had, they had one before that. I don't think so. I don't remember if they but did. But anyway, so she's on his ship in orbit, he's on the ground, and they had a lightsaber fight. That was cool. I thought it was weird. And it made me... It didn't... The mo- it, it took away from the movie for me because like when they were on the moon of Endor, I thought it was another Force vision. I didn't think he was actually there. Oh... So gotcha. That really confused me as a as a moviegoer. Oh yeah, because it took me until she got in his Tie Fighter to realize he you was thought that actually was all, there. Yeah, yeah, you thought that was another Vision fight. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, I thought they handled that like that was super cool. Mm-hmm. So she passes him a lightsaber through the Force. Yeah, that was cool. And I thought that was super cool. The Knights of Ren, I feel like, were built up to be this like mythical force. And they just weren't. Well, they, we really got nothing about them. They just kind of showed up. It just—they they were like a—they're like the Star Wars biker gang. <laughs> yeah, like walking around with leather and cudgels. And like, their, their spaceship even emitted smoke as yeah. it flew through space. You know the thing that spaceships do. Yeah. I don't know. I thought the end. I thought the end was cool. I thought it was very odd how like Ray had Ray had demonstrated the the force healing right uh yeah to kylo like uh, like on kylo he was force healed yeah because she stabbed him yeah and then she was like oh i regret doing that apologies good sir <laughs> right force healed him and he was like huh i didn't know you could do that because i imagine force healing is not a dark side power yeah you wouldn't want to heal many people out in the dark side yeah and then at the end of the movie she is dead, and he force heals her back to life. But so much so that it kills that him. It kills him. He basically sacrifices his he life to absolutely save her. does, which reinforces my argument he is the best new trilogy character. Oh, yeah. By far. Oh, yeah. But my, my problem with that is he just learned about that ability like three days ago. You mean to tell me he's out there, like, killing stormtroopers and bringing them back to life and killing stormtroopers and bringing them back to life? He didn't have time to master that ability to that degree in that short amount of time. He used the Force. Everything about the Force you have to learn. Right, didn't? 
she had two different teachers. Well, not at the beginning. Not in Force Awakens. She didn't have any teachers, but she was able to use it. Not well. Well, no, but she was... I don't know. He brought somebody back to life. I feel like it's just one of those things that just gets, like... You just accept it? Well, yeah. I mean... That's very difficult for you, me. You accept it, but then on top of that, like, you just kind of assume, okay, well, it's the Force, and he, he has been trained very well, and he knows how to use the Force, and he have he's actually been trained in the light side of the Force, too. That's how he got his start. Right. So, So, if you think about it that way, then it's like, okay, well, then maybe what happened then is he... He had the basic idea of how to do it, and so he was just like, in that scene, if we could hear his thoughts in his head, he was probably like, jeez, I hope this works. <laughs> I think I can. I think I can. <laughs> if this doesn't work, I'm going to be very upset. It's almost like a Romeo and Juliet moment. I've been like, well, I think she's dead, so I'm going to kill myself. To heal her. And then she comes, no, like in Romeo and Juliet, oh, how yeah. she's like, well, she's dead, I'm going to kill myself. And then she wakes up and she's like, oh, he's dead, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> Like, I half expected Ray to be like, well, this is not how I wanted this situation to end. Okay, so... Deuces. There was this really good question (laughs) I had for you. What did you feel about the kiss? Now that it is revealed that they're not related, on board. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. On board. I feel like Raylo, which is what I saw on Reddit as their couple name. Oh, no. um, I feel like it could have worked. Oh, yeah. Well, for sure. I, I feel like... It had a lot of potential, mainly because, as I said, he's the best character. She had a really good arc in this. Um, it was revealed that she is not a nobody, like they said in uh, Last Jedi. She's actually Palpatine's granddaughter. She is. So that reveal, I feel like, was done... I thought it was done well. Because it wasn't like, hey, guess what? You're a Skywalker, too. Like, that would have been a bit much. To me. I feel like they would have had to have done it exactly as you just did it. Like Hermit Luke is just like, hey, by the way. You're my daughter. <laughs> like finger guns and everything. Like, you. Uh, so when she wasn't a Skywalker, I was I was really relieved. I was afraid they were going to go like anti-Last Jedi and be like, we're going to make this as fan service as possible. Right. And speaking of fan service, um, Carrie Fisher uh, very sadly passed away before they were done with this movie. So I think all of her stuff is digital, isn't it? All of her stuff was, it was altered, but they were actually scenes that were filmed for Force Awakens and were not used. Excellent. And so they were able to, because if you notice, a lot of what she says is just kind of very generic stuff. Like there wasn't really anything... Plot specific. Yeah. And so those were scenes that they had from Force Awakens and they just kind of altered her dress and stuff like that okay because i mean i was on the record of being really worried yeah about them overusing digital leia right and they did not we did get digital leia in younger version of her and luke training which is how that would have been done regardless right true so i wasn't too worried about that Uh uh-huh just because it's not like they sat Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill down 30 years ago and said, hey, we're going to keep making these. Right. I need you to to film this footage now, and it's going to look 1080p in 2019. <laughs> they go, like, it's 1984. What does 1080p mean? And they're like, don't worry about it. We, you know, we're, we'll get you there. So that part of it I wasn't too worried about. But they, 
they used her very sparsely, mm-hmm. but very tastefully. So that aspect I am not concerned with at all. Now, uh, there was one thing that I was really hoping for at the end uh, when Ray is fighting the Emperor. Um, I was really hoping that there was going to be a, uh, a scene with all the Force ghosts yes. standing behind her. And that did not happen. Well, I mean, she she already jade is what she did. She did what? She was. He goes. I'm all the Sith, and then she held up her hand that had the Infinity Gauntlet. She said, "And I am Iron Man." Oh, gotcha. <laughs> and like someone like did a parallel of those scenes on Reddit, and I just it killed the end of the movie for me. No. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I did like all the voices saying, you know. I wish they hey, had been. This. I wish they had been ghosts, like you're saying, because where I watched it, our theater was a little bit quiet in that scene, like the audio itself. So the like as you know, a microcosm of the rest of the movie, the voices are just back to back to back to back to back to back, mm-hmm. and not all of them stand out. Mm-hmm. So like you hear Liam Neeson, you hear Yoda. You hear Samuel L. Jackson, but I had to look to see who the rest of them were. So like Kanan was in there. Kanan's in there. Ahsoka and Ahsoka in there. was in there. Those were the two big ones for yeah. me. And then uh, Hayden Christensen's in there too. You know, basically confirming. You know, I was the chosen one, and and you are. You know, I brought it into the Sith, and and you are as well. Basically saying, hey, we all get a mulligan. <laughs> for what I did. Right. Right. So, so I, I shot the, the chip shot into the lake. You gotta put it on the green here, killer. <laughs> like, that's basically the, the golf metaphor Hayden Christensen definitely made. That's in the script of the movie. He talks about golf. Um. <laughs> but it was very fitting, and it, it worked really well. Um, and it was really cool to have all those characters. But I did kind of wish that they would all kind of be behind her, like... Ph- physically. Yeah, and then, you know, even maybe having their hands out or hand out, you know, kind of... See, I feel like when you get into something like that, it's almost too cheese. Uh, but too, too cheese, too furious. <laughs> but I, I would have loved it, though, to have seen them all, for sure. Um, but she ends up getting the second lightsaber, puts him down with his own lightning. Which you would think that he would have learned from the first time that happened back in episode three when Mace Windu held up his lightsaber and it ruined his face. Guess he didn't learn his lesson. What would that be like? Anti exfoliate it's just very foliating. Yeah, was there anything else that you that kinda of stood out to you? I'm trying to think if there was anything else that Um Oh, uh... So the, the whole thing with this, this mystery planet, like Exagon, or like Excalibur, or whatever they named this planet, it's like ludicrously hard to get to, right? Like famously difficult to get to. But like a thousand ships all show up at once. That I think that scene was done really well, because it leads you emotionally like, they're not doing so great, they're gonna get reinforced. They're not doing so great, they're gonna get reinforced. And then the Emperor, like, force lightnings the entire planet somehow. And it's like, oh, well, maybe the heroes don't win. And it's like, maybe they're not going to, maybe they're still not going to make it. And then they still, they win. Mm -hmm. I feel like emotionally that scene was done very well. They did kind of leave it open for, I don't know, another one exactly. But, you know, we get Lando talking to Janna or Janna, whatever her name is. 
you know, kind of saying, "Who? Where's your? Where are you from? What's your? What's your deal?" And she's like, "I don't know." He's like, "Well, let's go find out." I think there might be a rumor that they were like father and daughter. I don't know that. Honestly, that's what I thought was going to happen in that moment. I thought for sure he was going to say, "Well, guess what? I'm your dad." <laughs> My Mari Povich shows in. The results are in. <laughs> you are the father. You are the father. Oh, man. But I did really like the ending. I thought that the ending was perfect. She goes back to the... Uh, the Skywalker homestead. Moisture farm. Yep. And... Uh, I thought that was so dumb. Buries the sabers. She pulls out her own, which is gold. The blade is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that her hilt looked like a scavenger would. It was made up of random pieces. And then, of course, she's like, who are you? She's like, I'm Ray. Ray who? And she sees... Ray of sunshine. <laughs> she sees Luke and Leia. She's like, Ray Skywalker. I mean, I, I don't think you could have ended it another way. I think that's the way you have to end the movie. But I was just like, oh, so now your whole identity is based on a lie. Hmm. Well, okay. So I really enjoyed it. And it kind of hit close to home. Because I think of boys and girls and other people who grow up their whole lives and maybe they don't appreciate or they don't like their lineage. You know, they don't like the people that they came from and it really bothers them, you know, to say, yeah, that guy was my grandfather or that guy was my dad. You know, he was abusive and evil and I didn't like him. And I like how this was kind of like, you know, you make your own path. You make your own destiny. You know, you're, you're, who, where you came from does not mean that that's the person you are. And so her saying, yeah, I'm, I'm Ray Skywalker. I am a Skywalker. You know, I'm not a Palpatine. Right. And I completely understand that aspect of it. And I have no problem with the message. I just wanted her to be like, just Ray. No, oh, okay. That's my thing with you it. You wanted her to like, just stay, I'm Ray. Right. It doesn't matter where I came right. from. Okay, I wanted I her to embrace saying. her heritage in that sense. Gotcha. Not develop this, because she might be a Palpatine, but in that sense, the Skywalkers are truly the people who raised her. You know, right. you look at Luke training her, you look at Leia training her, the impact they had on her Yeah. Haunted. from that sense. But that still doesn't necessarily make her a Skywalker. I so see. that was my problem with it. Just just be Ray. Just be Ray. Yeah. It's okay to just be yeah. Ray. Yeah. Like Finn doesn't have a he's not Finn Skywalker. <laughs> like he's still not just yet. Finn. He'll he'll end up being Finn Dameron. Dameron. Ooh. Cuz they're they're bro- like they're bros. They're bros. Yeah. Yeah. Uh overall, what would you give this movie? I would say, by far, Rise of Skywalker is the best movie of the new trilogy. It's not close, okay. in my opinion. Okay. So, even then, I still have a really hard time giving it over an 8. Because, like you were saying, it's so fast-paced, and it's just, huh? What? Huh? What? And you have a hard time keeping up with it, as I obviously did. But I would probably say seven and a half, eight. Okay, I'm I'm actually gonna go with yours as well. I would say a solid eight. It was great. I love the way it ended. You know, for everything that we got, 
and as crazy as this road has been, especially with this new trilogy, I feel like they did a really good job of wrapping up everything. Of course, there are a few things I would have loved to have changed, but they didn't ask us. So That's true. Yeah. Now, let's do this. Let's rate from worst to first. Let's do all nine episodes. Okay. I wrote my... Did you write yours down? I didn't, but I believe me, I don't have to for this. <laughs> there aren't 23 of them. There are nine of them. I'm going to be honest. I actually had a hard time rating them because I just love Star Wars in general. So it's it's kind of difficult for me to be like, yeah, I didn't like this Star Wars thing because I love Star Wars. All right. So from worst to first, do you want me to go first or do you want to go to first? I'd like you to go first. I think I went first on all of the Marvel phases. Okay. So. I'm going to go first, and then you can go, and then we'll see. We'll argue. <laughs> <laughs> we will. Um, so, starting at the bottom, I have Attack of the Clones. Next, I have Phantom Menace. And then Revenge of the Sith. The Last Jedi. Return of the Jedi. The Rise of Skywalker. A New Hope. Force Awakens. And Empire Strikes Back. That is my list from worst to first. So from worst to first, I have number nine, The Last Jedi. Fairly convincing down at the bottom. All right. Uh, Number eight, I have Revenge of the Sith. Number seven, I have Force Awakens. Number six, I have, um, was it Attack of the Clones, episode two? Mm Mm-hmm. I can imagine no clones. Episode 2. I forgot the subtitle. It's not great. Number 5, I have Phantom Menace. Number 4, I have Rise of Skywalker. And then the original trilogy is my top 3. It's A New Hope, number 3. Number 2 is Return of the Jedi. And number 1 is Empire. Interesting. Okay. Alright. Well, like I said earlier, originally I would have had Last Jedi higher. But Rise of Skywalker bumped it down. So if it's a, if it had been one through eight, Last Jedi was higher for you. But since like after watching nine, bumped it lower. It did, and it bumped it lower because after seeing how much course correction he did, Abrams did um, from Johnson, I was like, I feel like Johnson really was just trying to be a contrarian. Yeah. I really I, do. I probably would have rated Last Jedi ninth out of eight movies. <laughs> I just hated that movie. Yeah, like if we had, yeah, if we had done this rating after Last Jedi, I would have put it higher. I, I would have put it ninth, and then I would have had nothing, and then I would have had seven, like a seventh rating. Like I wouldn't even have had anything eighth. I would have put it ninth. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it was um, really none of your surprise me. Um, I know you didn't like Force Awakens. Um, nope. I really enjoyed Force Awakens. It it's I I really really enjoyed it. I know that you and lots of other people have said it's just a new hope but bigger. And yeah, but I also I just I liked at the beginning I liked the introduction of Rey. Mm-hmm. I liked the I liked. And now I've never actually liked Finn all that much, but I did really like Poe. Um, I didn't like Finn because all he does is yell. The the thing with me about Finn, with the actor who plays him, John Boyega, he's British. 
Yeah. So every time I watch an interview with him, I'm just like, I mean, I know there's an abundance of British characters in Star Wars for whatever reason. So why didn't he just play one of those? But I would have rather had him be, like, authentically himself. Yeah. Because he seems like a pretty chill dude. I think so, so too. Yeah. Oh, that's something else about this movie that I liked is that they actually had a relationship. You know, we've actually talked about this before off the podcast, but one of the reasons why I didn't like The Last Jedi was... Them trying to create the love triangle triangle with Rose? No. I didn't like that um, there wasn't any kind of connection between Poe, Ray, and Finn. Because they're the three best friends that anyone could have. (laughs) Poe, Poe and Ray literally never meet until the end of The Last Jedi. That Mm -hmm. is the first time they have ever met. And that bothered me. Because one of the things that makes the original trilogy so good, even the prequels, as bad as the prequels are, one of the things that makes them so good is the relationships that are going on in those movies. There's a connection between all the main characters, you know, and usually there's three, a trio, and all three of them have a connection with each other. They all have a relationship. They all have their own little relationship going on. And then they all have their relationship together. And that's what makes them so beautiful. And that's what makes it so hard. That's what made it so hard at the end of Empire when Han is frozen because you're like, oh man, that we had this trio going on and now one of the guys is dead. So who's the, obviously, you know, Han, Luke, and Leia, and then Poe, Finn, and Rey. Who's the trio for the prequels? I always assumed the in the prequels it was Anakin, Padme, and Obi-Wan. Okay. Because they all have, like, this I'll connection be honest, together. I had, I had forgotten about Padme. Yeah, well, I was she's... trying to come up with a third one and I was like, Yoda? No offense to her, she's kind of a forgettable character. It's the way she's written. I yeah, mean, I'm pretty, did Natalie Portman win Best Actress for Black Swan? I thought she did. Oh, I don't know. So it's not like it's obviously not. She's a bad actress. She's very good. So she, I mean, she's very talented, but she was given some horrible, horrible lines. Yeah, which is why we both have two and three low on our lists. Oh yeah, I have Attack of the Clones at the very bottom. Yeah. that to me is the, one of the worst Star Wars movies I've ever seen. Like the sort, you know, saber fights are good. It's just there's so much politics in it, and I don't care. I see. I have I have clones as sixth on mine, and I think the action sequences are good. I actually kind of enjoyed the Camino part. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily all the Senate stuff, but the Camino part I thought was cool. The advent of the clones, actually seeing the Geonosis battle. I feel like the Geonosis battle is one of the top five star wars battles ever mm-hmm. um you see yoda fight that's cool in clones yeah so to me it's still not good no but it is not as bad as three now in my opinion something that i noticed you have return of the jedi much higher than i do i i enjoyed that movie because it was a good ending mm-hmm. you know because at the time you know like that was it that was it and i thought that was a good ending but i didn't think it was the best it was my favorite movie as a kid uh so or i'll i'll restate it was my favorite star wars movie as a kid mm-hmm. because empire is so heavy it is it's so heavy and it just kind of stops 
So they pick up for Return of the Jedi. They do the Jabba scene. The Jabba scene's super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sarlacc. He defeats Boba Fett, who's this mythical character that no one really knows what. The Ewoks, I think, are adorable. They outsmart the Imperial Walkers with their logs and slingshots and arrows. The Darth Vader fight, throwing Emperor Palpatine down the reactor shaft. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love the story of that movie. And there are a lot of parallels to be made between Return of the Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Not as many as Force Awakens and A New Hope, mm-hmm. but they have parallel arcs. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Return of the Jedi still does that plot better than Rise of Skywalker, Okay, in my opinion. So, let's see, what did you have at number one? Empire Strikes Back? Empire. Empire. Yeah. And nothing will ever top that. Yeah, it's... I feel like it's going to be impossible. Well, you know, anytime a sequel is made of anything, people will say, oh, it's the Empire Strikes Back of the fill on the blank. The only one that gets close for me is Dark Knight. Dark yes. Knight, I feel like, lives up to that billing as the Empire Strikes Back of Batman. Yeah. Um, just because critically, it's really good. But also, I feel like commercially, it's still very accessible. It's not like, you know walking into a movie and like well you have to have seen the first one to understand this movie it's like you can understand what's going on Mm -hmm. you just might not enjoy it as much if you had the depth of characters from the previous movie the skywalker saga do you really think it's over cinematically yes okay i don't believe they will make another movie off of this arc i think small screen there could still be like a Disney Plus show or something. Like, they'll have to make money off of it somehow. It's yeah. Disney. It's what they do. Yeah. I don't know how, because it, it's kind of wrapped up with a nice little bow. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I feel like they're going to have to pay a lot of money to get some of these characters back as well. To get the actors back, that is. You don't think so? I don't. No. Because none of them are independently big names. Yeah. Well... The negotiation, I feel like, would be like, well, you know, we're Star Wars. We made you. True. It's not like, you know, Harrison Ford. Yeah, he broke out as Han Solo, but then he was Indiana Jones. He was Jack Ryan. He was these other internationally famous characters. And so far, to the, to this point in their careers, uh, Daisy Ridley, Oscar Isaac, and John Boyega have not been that. Not yet. To Yeah, to this point, they have not. Right. So, like, Oscar Isaac was Apocalypse in X-Men Apocalypse. Daisy Ridley was in Murder on the Orient Express. Good movie, by the way. It was. I liked it a lot. Um, John Boyega has probably been in something. I don't know. He was actually in a movie not too long ago about... Oh, I can't remember what it was. He plays a police officer, I believe. Or SWAT, or something like that. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but it was really, uh, I didn't see it, but it, it sounded like it was going to be pretty good. Um, but yeah, do you think that they should stay away from the big screen for a little while? I mean, I think Star they Wars, should, that is. because this ends so well. Yeah. I would be really curious what they do next. I really, I hope that they don't do anything for a while. They leave it open though, which I do appreciate. I, I feel like cinematically they need to we need to not have any star wars for a little while like i feel like a good five years honestly because 
Star Wars has always been an event. It's mm-hmm. always been something really big. You know, I think that's why it was kind of it kind of threw everything off to have these Star Wars stories in between all the films, all the big films. Right. Because it was like Star Wars is something that you get like excited for and then everybody goes to see it. I mean, I was excited for It's a Solo. blockbuster. I was excited for Solo, and then the guy they had... I loved everything about the Solo movie, except for the sassy robot friend and the guy they had playing Solo. Yeah. I thought everything else was wonderful. Well, and but like that's a show, or that's a movie that could turn into a Disney Plus show, mm-hmm. and I would be okay with that. Oh, yeah, I'd be, I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with lots of Disney Plus shows, but I feel like cinematically, they need to just take a break for a little while. You know, let it die down and, and make people go, hey, when's another Star Wars movie going to come out? You know, and then release another one. I mean, if I were Disney, they didn't ask me, but if I was Disney, I would wait like eight to ten years yeah, before I released another Star Wars movie. Because that's a common complaint you hear with people about comic book movies is the burnout yeah. of 23 movies in 11 years. That's a lot of movies. Just kind of... Leave them wanting more and not leave them regretting yeah. that there were so many. Well, I would love to come back like 10 years from now, you know, and us go see the next Star Wars movie mm-hmm. and us be really excited about it because we haven't had a Star Wars movie in 10 years. And it's like, oh man, that was great. And really, it could have been really bad, but we're just really excited to have another Star Wars movie. Ah, The Force Awakens. Yeah. oh man but it was done it's gone it was good they did it i'm i am satisfied i am too i left the theater satisfied with the way the skywalker saga ended me too hopefully as we sign off all of our podcast listeners will feel the same they feel satisfied with the way star wars ended i hope so and then they'll tune in next week for our first episode of 2020. Woohoo! First episode of the new year. New We're decade. New decade. Oh my goodness. It's going to be a big episode. John, what are we doing? I think we're going to try to do a year in review. That's exactly what we're going to do. And a decade in review. Yes, we are. We're so, doing both. Pretty ambitious on our end, if we're being honest. Yes. It's a lot of work to do in a week. Because we have this episode is releasing on the 30th, but then we have the new episode comes out the very next week. Yeah, back to back. That's the first Monday. Um, And I believe we've got another month. I think it's either March or May. We have another five Monday month. Oh, we'll have to come up with something special. So we'll have to do something special with that. So I hope everybody enjoyed the episode. Star Wars. Man, holy cow. That was a lot of Star Wars. This was a long episode, so sorry if you uh, had to cut it up into bits and pieces. Thank to, you to, to those listen. of us who stuck through it, though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> We appreciate y'all, definitely. Oh, yeah. And uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, feel free to email us at theydidn'taskus at gmail.com. We would love to have your questions uh, and, uh, and any comments that you have on what we might have said. Um, if you want to follow us on Facebook, you can go to Facebook, facebook.com slash 
they didn't ask us. Uh, we will post things on there occasionally, articles, we will post trailers, and recently we actually posted a poll uh, to see how many of our listeners were actually going to go see Star Wars, and uh, 100% of our listeners said that they were going to go see the new Star Wars, so we uh, hope that everybody actually went and saw it and enjoyed it. John, you have anything else? No, I mean, we tried, I, I think I shared a meme a couple of days ago through the page. Yeah? Or if not, I think I texted it to you, so... Was that the Yoda one? With No, it um, was the lightsaber. Oh, yeah. You should post that. I don't know everybody if that's, I don't would know if enjoy that. or not. Yeah, everybody would enjoy that. Um, but, hey, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, share us with your friends. Uh, share us with your family. Um, we are clean. We try to stay as clean as possible, so let your kids I listen. I took a shower this morning, so... Did you? I did. Wow, is that the first one of the month? Uh, day. Oh, okay. First one of the day. Oh my, how many showers do you take? Well, I'm, I think I'm going to the gym later, so at least two today. Oh, oh okay. Alright. Well, uh, guys, thank you very much. Uh, we hope to see you next week. Join us as we review the year and the decade. But until then, uh... May the force be with you. And with your spirit. It's a John Mulaney joke for you. (laughs) Nerd out. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of They Didn't Ask Us. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can reach out to us at they didn't ask us at gmail.com you can also reach us on our social media our newly created facebook account facebook.com slash they didn't ask us while you're there uh, feel free to like our posts follow our page and share our content with your friends we'd love to have you check back with us in two weeks to hear more ramblings and opinions from your new favorite podcast